On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is counting every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. That's right, John Hyatt, A to Z. I've taken a nap in the front seat uh, so that Sylvan was able to drive, and so now that I'm back, and we are here talking, John Hyatt, as always. How you doing, Sylvan? I'm doing great, and this is going to be a fun one. Going way back into the 80s with all that the 80s entail. <laughs> yes, I feel like I should pull out my Western string tie and look <laughs> dapper as we're recording. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I we are going old school Hyatt tonight. So you want to give us a little just the facts? Just the facts. Tonight, we are talking about The Crush, which was track number two on a little album called Warming Up to the Ice Age, which was released in January 1985. It was produced by Norbert Putnam. And the first it's the first song that we've discussed from that album, which actually surprised me a little bit. A lot of people kind of point to this one as where things went wrong, that John allowed Geffen Records to tell him what he should sound like, what he should look like wearing that skinny tie and having a little bit of uh, synthesizers and things like that. It was also an album that John talks about not really even remembering recording because this was the height of his substance abuse. But all of that aside, this is, I think, a really interesting song. And I wanted to mention the band who's on this album. Randy McCormick plays keyboards. Larry Linden is drums. Jesse Boyce is on rhythm guitar. And a musician called Bobby King produces or has some background vocals. And I actually didn't remember that I had transcribed a radio interview from Melbourne, Australia with a disc jockey named Billy Pinnell for my fan magazine. I believe it was issue five. And he asked specifically about this. Pinnell, I'm going to quote, says, it's interesting you, John, are talking about R&B music because there's a song called The Crush, which I really like. It's a song that you sing in duet, and it reminds me of something Sam and Dave may have done. You're obviously very comfortable sharing your singing on certain songs. And John replied, Bobby King, who sings with me on that song, is such an incredible singer. I worked with him with Ry Cooter off and on for the last five years. We did three or four tours together. Some of my fondest, greatest experiences as a singer have been singing with him and Willie Green, who were singing all the backup parts for Ry. I just can't say enough about his singing. He's a modern day Sam Cooke, if not better. Obviously, very high praise for him. I think I mentioned that Norbert Putnam is the producer of this. Our good friend Mike Elliott has some great quotes about the creation of this album and how things weren't exactly going great with Norbert Putnam. Yeah, there's a quick quote. I don't want to give everything away, the first song we're talking about from this, but a quote from Putnam that he said, 
I don't know what we were trying to do. We were trying to fit that record into the sound of the early 80s. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I had known John for such a long time on and off. And when we finally made a record together, I thought he was great on it. He played a lot of great rock guitar. He talks about interesting melodies and chord progressions. But uh, overall, uh, there was a little bit of a disappointment in how Warming Up to the Ice Age came out. I think that more or less covers just the facts for The Crush. I have a couple of things based on Wikipedia. Okay. Did you know that Bobby King was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana? I did not. Interesting. <laughs> what? There is all right. Just like our favorite drummer. Is yes. From Lake Charles, Louisiana. And I thought this name sounded familiar. He was the lead backing vocalist in of the other band. When Bruce Springsteen fired the E Street Band and toured with the Human Touch Lucky Town tour, Bobby King was the lead singer on the lead vocalist, background vocalist on that other band, the Human Touch Band. Interesting. So he toured with Bruce in 92, 93. So, the power of the internet. And yes. I, I will apologize for anyone who does actually visit the johnhyattarchives.com, which is very kindly hosted by my good friend Emil from the Netherlands. When I produce the fan magazine the internet wasn't really a thing so there's all sorts of misspellings and whatnot and i've probably gotten at least half the names wrong because i was listening to a radio interview and there was no way to quickly google these kind of facts so that was great jesse that you just on the fly gathered those up that's cool i have a nose for anything springsteen related as we know by the way in case anyone is confused when we say take a drink I assume everyone is aware of drinking games. We do need to work a perfectly good podcast drinking game uh, and get that out to our fan base. But before we do that, we're going to come back. We're going to break down this song. We're going to talk about the lyrics. But first, a kind word from our sponsors. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, (laughs) oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Hey, Sylvan. Thank you, kind Uh, sponsors. Yes. Hey, do you want to give... I will give my quick thoughts. I really like this song. It's very bluesy. It doesn't sound like a John side at all. And pulling back the curtains... You guys are aware we usually record two episodes every other Wednesday night. So Crossing Water Waters and Crush was a unique combination. Combo. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. And most of the time when you think of a John Hyatt song, he's talking about the opposite of a crush, a mature kind of developed love that has lasted a long time or that is based on something more than a laying eyes on you, shall we say. And you usually don't associate it with a a saxophone kind of outro, but it's all there and it's all worth listening to. I also want to plug our YouTube channel, Perfectly Quick Podcast. We're doing little playlists for each time we do a song and we can find covers. There was two that I found for The Crush by the Saints and by David Archuleta and both very good. I remember singing the song 
to myself when I was like in middle school and first discovering the opposite sex. And I found it really fun to have that kind of excited feeling of, yeah, I've got a crush on you and and it, it's all about the excitement and the newness of emotions. Yeah. It's not learning how to love you. That's for sure. No, and this is, I wonder if you had a blind taste test. This time it would be a blind listening test and played this, then played something else later in his career. Would people connect this? That's a great question. When we're really so familiar with the catalog, of course it makes sense. But yeah, to zoom out and hear those two differences, that that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, because this is as far from Americana as you want to be. Yeah. Of course, in back when this came out, Americana wasn't a thing. Right. It almost does speak to you, you got to make a few failed cakes before it comes out all light and fluffy and sweet, because I think it actually does follow the same recipe of Americana. There's a little bit of blues in there. There's some muscle shoulder, there's mm-hmm. some pop, there's some singer songwriter kind of stuff. But maybe the mixer was on a little bit too high a speed or something. Yeah. All right. You want me to start lyrics? Because I have the start? John Hyde archives up this time. Oh, I okay, have it great. the right. Yes. <laughs> First time I laid eyes on you, I checked myself right on out of this world. Just one thing can bring me back from this here heart attack. And that's your sweet loving girl. <laughs> I, this is right. I love how this starts. I love the blues in it. And I Mm -hmm. love this is once again, when a few years ago, when Bruce was touring the river tour, the second time he would talk about, I want to marry you. There's a song off the river. Little girl. I want to marry you. Yeah. And he said, it's not, it was about the fantasy of wanting to marry, not really getting down to the reality responsibilities this is just you're on the the side of the street watching and go oh I, little girl i want to marry you this thing this is infatuation mm-hmm. you see that beautiful boy or that beautiful girl across the library mm-hmm. high school or college and you just oh it's love slash lust at first thought Yes. And bring out the panels to shock you because your heart just completely stopped. And uh, there's only one thing in the world that you want or could possibly cure you. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun and it's well done. It's so singable. Oh yeah. And that, that groove. And I honestly have to admit that I never thought of this as a duet, but yeah, there's two people singing there and you just want to join in and create a full chorus. So, Good. Shall I go on to the Please. second verse? <laughs> Maybe not quite as poetic. Yeah. Ooh, you're hugging and kissing. I know it makes a dead man's light come on. You put the crush on me, little girl. Can't you see that I'm gone? Shall I keep going? <laughs> I do want, I love the way he did the, can't you see that I'm gone? Like, right, I am floored by you. This is, yeah, so please keep going. Now I ain't gonna listen to reason. Ain't no excuse for the way that I feel. Before a word was spoke, 
I knew it weren't no joke. Baby, this love is real. And to me, this is he protests too much or he's actually using a little bit of irony that saying, I know this is absolutely ridiculous and you can't fall in love at first sight. You can fall in attraction at first sight for sure. But try talking to someone who is completely love struck in a moment that like that person actually was mean to the checkout girl or like one of those things that like the fantasy bubble could get popped very easily. Not going to hear it. Yeah. And I do think this is the fantasy, right? Mm -hmm. This is our singer is he, the thunderbolt is hitting to talk about Godfather. And now then this is, you've seen your whole life in front of you. Mm -hmm. We're going to fall madly in love. This is happily ever after. Oh my goodness. We are going to just, this Girl is just going to be and, ever. Yeah. Yeah. You want to okay. keep going or want me? Why don't they you say, take the next one? They say you got to take time to know her, but I just can't wait that long. You put the crush on me, little girl. Can't you see that I'm gone? And once again, I love how I do that, but I'm gone. I'm swept away. Put a fork in me. I'm done. Whatever cliche you want to give. This is this is like on Greece, the movie where they see and you're like, I'm shocked and just I've lost my heart. I just, this is so fun. It is fun. And mm -hmm. it's it's a perfect musical fit for what he's describing. Yes. It's not, we're figuring out how to pay the mortgage together. It's, we're seeing each other. We're having that first conversation when you realize you have something completely insignificant in common and it feels like fate. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You had a Care Bear too, or I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah, picked that no. probably because I was thinking of the eighties, but yeah. Yeah. Like you ice cream, you like ice cream. I like ice cream. This is great. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You put the crush, crush. Oh, what a rush. And musically, that is so much fun, right? Yes. The instruments are playing with it, the dramatic of it, the pause. Auto and yeah. Yeah. I can't begin to speak of all your charms. You put the crush, crush. Ugh. Now I can't <laughs> be satisfied until I'm wrapped up in your arms. Ain't that some loving, baby? You got to know I ain't putting you on. You put the crush on me, little girl. Can't just see that I'm gone. Yes. Yeah, it, it's great. It's all those things that you want in a rock and roll love song that like, yes, you got to have a couple babies in there. You yes. got to have some kind of image of mm. maybe getting physical, but not too racy. Yeah. So wrapping up in your arms and yeah, that, yeah that uh, and once again, the he protests that if you're not taking him seriously, oh, but you got to know I ain't putting you on um, yeah. works. And it, it, you want to fall into the fantasy right along with him. I absolutely do. You want so sex. Yeah. The next, pulling back the curtain, we listen to both the studio version and a demo, which there's a great, I don't know if we'd find a way to put it up on YouTube, radio interview that I believe was from the Netherlands because the radio host starts talking in Dutch a couple of times. And what's really fun about it is that 
They start playing it and John is completely bewildered. He says, what is this? And they say, I'm pretty sure it's the demo. And John admits that it's just him and a drum machine doing an original version of this. And they make a joke that they could just put out the demo. It would save a lot of money and so forth. So I am pretty sure that the next verse that is on the Perfectly Good Cigar website is actually only in that demo. I could be wrong and maybe I just miss it every time okay. on the studio version, but I'm pretty sure that's not in the studio version. You read about these kind of feelings, that they always happen to somebody else. I get this feeling from you that you want me to. Girl, I just can't help myself. It would be a shame to have missed it because it's a great little. It is lyric. a great little lyric. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is little girl in the me too movement is not best choice of lyrics no <laughs> we we in the springsteen community go i'm on fire can not only be this lovely love song but also could be the creepiest song ever about inappropriate behavior hey little girl is your daddy home but if we set that aside Little girl, can't you see them gone really works in this? Yes. Because we often talk about that this feels like an adult love song, or this is a song where our heroes, our, our couple have had mileage. This feels like a young person song. Yes. This feels like college, high school that right there is no this is just pure i see and i keep going back to because i think this happened to most of us you see someone at the school and you're just struck by oh my goodness they're gorgeous they're mm -hmm. handsome they're beautiful oh my goodness and they're so unattainable if yeah. you're the short, fat kid in Lake Charles, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> or the weird purple-haired girl in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking that this was in a pretty sad time of John's life. So I can imagine where he was being nostalgic for that simpler kind of love and having a crush on someone and just being carried away in it, not having to think about reality of well, where yeah. are we going to live? What are we going to do? Yeah. Because as you talked about in the wonderful Michael Elliott book, he talks a lot about where John is and John's very, this was, this is the album afterwards he got sober, right? It's before he got sober. Yeah. No, but I'm saying this is the album after that he got sober. Yes. Yes. So he was going through a lot of things on this and mm -hmm. things in his personal life. Yeah, I this going back to a simplicity time, a simple, more simple time I could see would be very alluring. All right, um, where are we got next? Gosh, did we? You uh, did the, you read about these feelings. Yep, now, so now, now this is once in a lifetime and I just can't let you walk on. It's interesting that we later have an album called Walk On and yes. you, know, you put the crush on me, little girl, can't you see that I'm gone? And I think it, it's, a very classic 80s long fade out. So there are many more lyrics, but I think we could all be forgiven for forgetting some of these lyrics that 
go on. You put the crush. Ooh, what a rush. I can't begin to speak of all your charms. Again, the chorus, it, it just goes on and on repeating. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think there's there's not a lot of depth to this song. I think it is what it is. A it is very, it is. a very fun little and I don't know, did someone tell John, write a love song, write a simple love song, write a silly love song like Paul McCartney does or something. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I, they we're also talking a lot about this and writing with the King that it was like Geffen was the label that created hits. And now yeah. that John was on Geffen, he was going to break through. He wasn't going to... Yeah not have any radio play and whatever. And I remember hearing this on the radio once upon a time. Yeah. So it did get radio play. Warming Up to the Ice Age was the first album that my aunt and uncle purchased based on, I think, a review in Rolling Stone, which I will dig out before we get to the end, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. John, even while early in his career, and we're having fun with this is not the best of John Hyatt's songwriting or anything like that. Yeah. The critics loved him. He mm-hmm. talked about this is also the album that features The Usual, which Bob Dylan covered because everyone was talking about how John Hyatt was going to be the next Bob Dylan. This was not the song that would have proven that for sure. But yeah. yeah. We will talk more about other songs on this album. Yeah. And the first time I saw John, I will skip ahead a little bit because I don't want to wait till the use or that it was just John. He was touring to support bring the family. It was in Mm -hmm. a very small little venue and he pulled out the usual Mm -hmm. and played it with just his guitar. Mm -hmm. My buddy, Rick, God bless him. Rest in peace. Rick was like, I can't believe he did the usual. I can't believe he did the usual. I'm Um, jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot find this anywhere. And I guess maybe it's out of print, but Early Tracks is a album by Steve Earle. It was released in 1987, capitalizing on the success of Guitar Town. They were songs that recorded between 82 and 85. And the last track was The Crush, and I cannot find it anywhere. Oh, I, 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 and if you end up finding it, send it to me, Sylvan. But yes, yeah, Steve Earl okay. did a version of the crush and I want to hear that now. All right. You know? I'm pretty sure my aunt and uncle have their Steve Earl's complete catalog. Okay. So I will visit the greatest record store in the world. Also known as my relative's house. Okay. Also known as double income, no kids, which is what yeah. my mom always said every time she looked at their CD collection. Yeah. All right. I will yeah. find that. <laughs> Good. All right. Very nice. Anything else about this one, except it's just fun. It is just fun. And as I said, it's very singable so much so that I never noticed it was a duet because I was probably singing over <laughs> poor Billy, but yeah, I, it, it's a great song to be our first song to discuss for going up to the ice age. Yes. We don't have to take it too seriously. We don't have to, make any apologies for it. It is exactly what it is, which now I have to apologize to Lily because in one of her more recent songs, she says she hates it when people say it is what it is. Sorry. We're okay. replying it to your dad's music. 
you already talked about the people doing it. I do. I think both the covers were good, but I thought the Saints version was a really fun version as well. You talked about Joe Allen. I think he did a great job, but I really enjoyed the Saints doing it as this vocal group together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. And maybe there's someday that someone can do like a full chorus, a cappella or something. That yeah, would be fun. Ooh, that would be really fun. Yeah. All right. So it's my turn. I feel like this should be a two because in the grand scope of things, it's not significant. It doesn't break ground. It's just, it's a catchy little song on an album that John was using to still finding his way. Absolutely. But I want to give it a three because it's just so darn fun. So I think I'm going to not cheat this time. I'm going to go with three. I'm going to go with three. That is just a fun little ditty. And I'm going to put it right in the middle of the John Hyatt scale. Okay. As you say, this is the John Hyatt scale. So you have the absolutely right to do that. I am going to give it a two because everything we said that it is not what you would know John for my particular rating. Would I put it on to introduce someone to John Hyatt? I can't think of a single person, no matter what they told me their favorite artist was that I would put on the crush. Maybe I would put on warming up to the ice age as a full album, but I wouldn't pull this out as a song, but it's not a one. It's not the one that makes you scratch your head and go. It's, it's a good song. It's just not as good as John should be. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, this is partly, I do think I'm going to be a little kinder to some of the older ones. Mm-hmm. That's when I remember first falling in love. So you romanticize that a little bit. That's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think two is good. And if I was, I'm following the no half scale, I probably would have given it a two and a half, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to be better Sylvan. So I'm going to go a three. Yep. I'm proud of you, Jesse. Thank you, Sylvan. Um, Yes. (laughs) And just as a reminder, if you are wondering, we do have a site that is linked from our Google page. And one of the frequently asked questions is, what's the scale? I'm going to quickly read if that's okay. In my defense of the one star is sure it's good because it's Hyatt, but you might skip it every now and then when it comes on the iPod. Two star is a good, solid song. But if you compare it to others. A three-star is a song that you would put up against anything that is popular today or of its time and proves that John Hyatt is one of the best singer-songwriters around the world. So that's where I set the three level, and that's why I'm saying this is more of a two than a three for me. Four-star is when we get into the classic, everything about the song is quality, you want to listen to it again and again. And five-star, I really feel we have to be sparing because it is the best of the best songs that you can't stop listening to or talking about. Perhaps you annoy your friends and family because you talk about them so much. All right. Since you reviewed that, I'm going to change mine to a two. Okay. Yes. I will allow that. Thank you. And I wasn't trying to influence you. I was just trying to remind our audience so that I don't have too many pitchforks outside my door. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that is, I think when you put it that way, uh, sentimental reasons, but if you throw that aside, 
I think that's a two is the right two is the right number. And you, you do raise an excellent point that as we're going through this, I'm finding songs or albums from the last 10 years are a lot harder to rate than these ones that I've literally been listening to almost as long as I can remember. So yeah. take that for what it's worth. That, yes, that might absolutely. have to be part of my future rating too. Yes. All right. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? they can find me on Facebook as Sylvan Groth? Please find a search perfectly podcast on Facebook and give us a and add some comments to any of our posts. Really appreciate that. That's also the easiest way to find our website because it's just a Google site. It's not optimized or anything like that. I am also on Twitter as Sylvan Green Eyes, but I very rarely tweet. I am on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW, often uh, tweeting, especially as Bruce is touring. And you can hear me talk music on Set Lusting Bruce. So please check that out. I don't want to spoil it in case something happens. But coming up in the next two weeks, we have a massive, massive guest coming. Yes. Yes. I am nervous beyond belief. <laughs> so we aren't going to spoil it, but, and if you're listening here, you're already subscribed, I'm sure. But in case you aren't, go subscribe because coming up, we've got something pretty special. Yes. And it's not Lily or John, but it's pretty impressive. You, yes. Don't play the drinking game that we have sometimes played because you are going to be sloshed if we, things work well. Absolutely. All right, Sylvan, we're we're slowly getting through this seas. And yes. this is so much fun as always. Thank you for all your help and all the hard work you do and doing yeah. all the research and work. And this is just so much fun. And I guess the only thing I have to say is have a little faith. Have a little faith, Jesse. Thank you so much for everything you do. And thank Bye. you, listeners. Thank Bye. you, listeners. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back. We went to a kind of dive bar-y kind of concert venue called Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, where I've seen yeah. John multiple times. And it was a double bill of Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah, double Hyatt connection. No mention of Hyatt or whatever. I wore no a Hyatt t-shirt hoping someone would mention, but no, but it was a good show. Oh, and okay. I had never seen Elvis Costello live before. He was very jazzy and that mm. was interesting. And I love going to concerts and seeing the people watching. Yeah. I, I think I said to Chris more than once, there's the Sylvan of this crowd. And he's, what are you talking about? It's, that's the one who's so obnoxious about how much they love Elvis Costello. You sit next to them. You're going to be talking. <laughs> it was a lot of fun and I would definitely give it a thumbs up. So yeah. both around. Okay. Yeah. Good. So yeah, right. I brought a copy of Little Village just in case. I'm never going to get all four of them together, but maybe I could pluck one at a time. <laughs> What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Were they shot? Were they shot? 
would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.